Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This weekend's UFC 262 is sure to be a can't-miss event. Every punch, kick, and knockout means so much more with a DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of UFC, is giving you a shot at huge cash prizes. For this weekend's fights, DraftKings is offering all customers a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. If you haven't tried it yet, Fantasy MMA is easy to play. Just pick six fighters, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for advances, takedowns, and more. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Plus, don't forget about basketball and hockey where DraftKings has even more money up for grabs throughout the week. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. So how do you get into the game? Download the DraftKings app now and use the promo code TBPN for your shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the week. That's promo code TBPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. How we doing everybody? Welcome to another week, the final week of the NBA season and welcome to your latest episode of the Ruler of the Court podcast. I am the ruler of this court feeling like King Booker because I was watching the A&E show, Treasure Hunt show with him earlier, you know, so I'm feeling a little more regal than normal. So I am Jason Jones, uh, King's beat writer for The Athletic, your host of this podcast, and several other things I tend to pop up on <laughs> in in this uh, platform. Here to talk to you about the Kings, talk some hip-hop, and whatever else comes to mind. Which reminds me, I've talked a lot of hip-hop music-wise. I haven't really hit on the cult- a lot more of the culture stuff, you know, fashion, you know, all the other aspects of hip-hop other than just the music, but... That's for another day, that's for another time, that's for another week. But, let's go ahead and get right to it. Kings have won 5 of 6. You know, as some of you might feel like, just enough to tease you, to keep you intrigued, to keep you watching as the season winds down. Got four more games to go. 
the Kings, the essential magic number is two. So they lose two games. Spurs win two games. Somehow, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'll let you guys get your little magic number calculators. The Kings would be eliminated from postseason contention or should I say play in contention. But they've done just enough to keep, you know, kind of draw you in, you know, and be like, don't turn us off just yet, you know, and. The last game was a complete, utter domination blowout route of the Oklahoma City Blue. I mean, excuse me. I mean, Oklahoma City Thunder. It's not the G League team they played, but it looked like a damn G League team. I tell you that. God, that was ugly. My God, I see how Steph had like 40-some points and three quarters on them. They are terrible. You know, <laughs> you know, it's, it's clearly by design. You know, you sent Al Horford down, you know, home, a guy who would help you win games. You know, Shea Gilgis Alexander's hurt. You know, so, I mean, some of it's, you know, injury-related. Some of it is they, you know, they, you know, they have a close look at Cade Cunningham. They up there going, okay, let's sit around and see can we uh, slide up in there and get one of these top three, you know, picks in this uh, upcoming NBA draft. That being said, the most interesting part of Sunday's game wasn't even the game. Yeah, because the game was a snoozer. I mean, it's, after the first quarter, it was pretty clear that Oklahoma City could not hang with the Kings. Even the Kings team playing with a uh, without De'Aaron Fox, without Harrison Barnes, without um, who else has got uh, Tyrese Halliburton, Hassan Whiteside, who hasn't been playing much lately anyway, is out with health and safety protocols. Buddy Hill's playing on a gimpy leg or a gimpy ankle. All that stuff going on, this OKC team was just not going to be able to hang with the Kings. But I said that the game was the backdrop to one of the more, mind you, I've seen some weird things in my time covering the Kings since uh, 2008, 2009. Yeah, it's been. A, I've seen some weird things. 2000, yeah, 2009 is when I started. Yeah, seen some very unique, unusual, some very only in Sacramento type things. And last night, again, was one of those moments. Uh, check out the game courtside. Novavec Ranadive is in his normal seat courtside. Monty McNair is seated to his right as normal. But the person sitting to Vivek's left was a little different. You know who it was? If you've read my story that was on The Athletic, I saw the number, so I know you guys are reading it. Boom, it was Vladi Divath. Yeah. The guy who was basically forced out, <laughs> he resigned, but let's be real. They were forcing him out last August, sitting next to the man who did that, who was who was next to the man who replaced Vlade. As, you know, as, as uh, the late, great Tupac Shakur once said on, I believe it was a song, Life So Hard for a G, ain't that some shit. Like, really? You know, fella, you know. When you get when you uh get married, do you make the dude who she dumped you for, you know she dumped you for? Does she get to be the best man? No, or they got dumped? Should I say? You 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 meet your lady, you know y'all vibing whatever, you know you don't know the status of her relationship, you know her situation, but you find out you know she just dumps old boy, then gets with you. Are you gonna be sitting with old boy and her, chilling at the? Kings game or from a football people you think Reggie McKenzie is going to be hanging out 
with John Gruden and Mark Davis at a game? I find that highly unlikely. And, I mean, these guys were just yucking it up, having a good old time sideline. Or should I say courtside, see? Started talking football, sideline. But having a good old time and, like, three old buddies. And it was quite, like I said, it was a very unique situation. And it's one of those things where you say, well, is it really that big of a deal? Uh, it, it has to be when you're, when you're talking about the Sacramento Kings. And I'm going to explain to you why it has to be a big deal. One, these are the Kings. And don't ever think one kind of singular moment you see in public is no big deal. And especially under Vivek's tenure as uh, owner. This is, let's just take a you know, trip down memory lane. Uh, let me see. I mean, there's so many things, you know, but if it's, I talk about the front office and all that. But let's talk about scenes you see. Let's go back to 2015. Uh, Summer League in Las Vegas. George Carl is your head coach. You know, respect the guy. You know, people question whether or not, you know, that should have been the hire. But that's you no, know, not the point of this, this story. But, you know, George Carl's sitting there. And no one from the organization is sitting with George. It's like George is just sitting. And everyone's like sitting somewhere else. And then, boom, Michael Malone walks in. And it's like, oh my God, it's Mike, you know, and Mike's my dude. So I'm I'm with that. I mean, he's my dude. So, but everyone's like, oh my God, it's like a, a big reunion when they see Malone. <laughs> you know, so was it really any surprise that there was never a bond or a connection between George Carl and the organization in that season, 2015-16, went to shit, that basically guys would rather lose and miss the playoffs and continue to play for him and that George didn't feel supported by the organization. Of course he didn't feel supported. Hell, because he wasn't supported. You saw that, you know? Come on. So you got stuff like that that happens. You know, you've got, you know, Joe Dumars hanging around, you know, as an advisor with the Kings. This is more recent history. Joe never, you know, well, I guess they don't have to make him speak to the media. That's, that's King's business. But Joe's never around. He's not, you know, but he's clearly part of the basketball brain trust. You know, he's clearly spending a lot of time with Vivek. You know, boom. All of a sudden, Vlade is forced out. I mean, uh, asked to allow to to uh, allow Joe to make the final decisions in basketball. Vlade is a man with pride. Vlade had just been given a contract extension you know, in April of 2019, Vlade says, I'll, I'll take my my bag and I'll go home. And bag, I mean that cash he kept. So, you know, just when, when with the Kings, whatever you see, there's always something, you know, just to keep an eye on. Because over Vivek's tenure, no matter who the GM has been, generally there's always been some other basketball person at some point. Usually a player, usually a, a player of prominence, whether it was uh, Chris Mullen early, when it became Vlade later, then it became Joe. D. No matter what, there's always someone kind of looming. You're wondering, what's that guy do? And then before you know it, there's um, some talk of whether or not that person is, in, is wielding influence. You know, is Vivek listening to them more than the general manager? You know, all that stuff comes out. And then change happens. So, am I predicting, you know, 
then Vlade will be back with the front office in some or the team in some capacity. No, but it certainly wouldn't surprise me. I mean, if you saw the love fest that people around the Kings still have for Vlade, you know, half, you know, a good portion of the team going over to give Vlade a hug. No, Luke Walton, Bobby, you know, Bobby played with him. Luke, no, Bobby, uh, sorry, Bobby Jackson played with Vlade. Vlade hired Luke. Alvin Gentry going to speak to him. Harrison Barnes, Buddy Heal, two guys who got the bag, secured the bag under Vlade's tenure. You know, <laughs> Marvin Bagley, <clears throat> probably the pick that is most associated with Vlade because of who Vlade didn't take when he took Bagley. All those things. You know, all those guys go up there to, you know, to kind of hug Vlade, greet him. I even ran him down very, very briefly. You really couldn't interview him. Just, you know, hey, how you doing type stuff. But, yeah, everyone loves Vlade. And it was just a weird scene. You watch, you're watching from the stands. And you're because we weren't watching the game. You're watching Vivek so engaged in conversation with Vlade while Monty. And, you know, Monty would be in it too. But it just, it was just weird. But these are the kings where weird is common or normal. You know, so hey, you just kind of roll with it. You see what it do, and see can you make things. You know, see, you see what happens. But I definitely say, you know, it's something to at least you know look out for because you never know. Would I be shocked if I heard that uh, if there was a press release that came out that Vlade Divac is now you know a team ambassador or something? Absolutely not. I would not be shocked at all. I'll be shocked if we didn't get one. And that's just the king's way. And like I said, less than a year after being, you know, basically told to, to you know, to, to quit <laughs> or be, basically given the ultimatum of you go this way or or whatever. You know, Vlade's chilling with the owner and the guy who now has his job or has the job he used to have. So. When it comes to the Kings, I'm just telling you, don't ever think anything you see is just whatever. There always could be something to it, especially in a situation where you hear around the league, people still believe that Joe Dumars has perhaps may have more influence on uh, Vivek's thinking than, say, a Monty McNair, who's the actual GM. You know, just something to watch out for, you know, just something to keep tabs on. And let's see where it goes from there. But Vlade's visit did prompt me to kind of just want to, uh, you know, look back and kind of just look at his tenure and just what happened, you know, you know, the good, the bad of Vlade's time as general manager. And there's uh, some different things, you know, it's a... You know, and with Vlade, it's always, it's always mixed in with, you know, how much we all like him. So, I wanted to just look at some of the good, the bad, you know, and, you know, perhaps get your take at some point. Y'all hit me up on social, Twitter, Instagram, you know, Twitter at Mr. Jones LBC, Instagram. No, I'm sorry. That's my Instagram, Mr. Jones LBC. Uh Twitter is Mr. Underscore Jason Jones. But it's kind of some of the good, the bad of Vlade's tenure. And the good, we're, you know, if, we, if I was going to rank his three best you know, decisions, transactions, 
Uh, I'd start with uh, in turn, his best free agent signing by far ended up being, I'd say, Rashawn Holmes. It wasn't supposed to be the biggest one, but I think it, in terms of impact and value, Rashawn ends up being the best free agent the Kings signed under Vlade's tenure, hands down. Brought him in based on a two-year, $10 million deal. He's now, he, then, he then becomes your, your starting center and a guy who could be a part of this group going forward. Worst signing? Hmm, I mean, that that's a tough one just because, you know, some w- some are going to say George Hill. Well, I would I would push back against that because George Hill did help you win some games. And even though it didn't make a lot of sense to sign a guard, a point guard to that kind of money when you had just drafted De'Aaron Fox, you know, George did have some, in my opinion, some value. In and on, in, on the court, in the locker room. So I wouldn't say he was the worst. Some of y'all might say Trevor Ariza, which I just wholeheartedly disagree with. The money, you know, the money was, you know, seemed crazy just because, you know, you're looking at Trevor near the end of his career, who's going to give him $12 million. Then again, the Kings are also probably looking at the fact that they got to get off, you no, know, hit, you know, get that salary minimum. So you give a vet that kind of money on a short term deal. And if it doesn't work, you can always move him, which they ended up doing. But I'm going to go say the, the worst signing was clearly uh, Dwayne Detman. Yo, now it's, it's good to see Dwayne down in Miami being productive, but he's being productive as a backup center. And the Kings paid him like a starter based off of what he did on a bad team in Atlanta. And the man lost his job after five games and start, uh, five games into the season. He's not the starting center anymore. Then out the rotation. Then he wants to be traded. And until Miami picked him up recently, my man was out the league. And that was a three-year deal worth up to about forty-one million dollars. You know, the last year was uh, the third year of the deal was one of those, you know, can be voided type deals. But you paid a man that much money or signed him to a deal worth that much. He didn't last half the season. Gets traded back to Atlanta, oddly enough, who then trades him to Detroit, which then waves and stretches. You know, so if we're talking about the worst signing, that's an easy one. You paid a guy to be a starter who who isn't a starter, who couldn't even start for you for more than a, for basically more than two weeks. So, in terms of just free agency, that's your best and your worst of the Vlade time. The draft, the best pick, easy, De'Aaron Fox. You could say that's the um, the easy choice. Yeah, it was the easy choice. You know, but still, people thought that uh, that taking Luka was the easy choice, and the Kings didn't make that choice, took Marvin Bagley to third, and that decision probably has more to do with why Vlade doesn't have his job now than anything. So I'm going to go ahead and say that De'Aaron, easily the best pick. The worst pick, no. The worst pick Vlade made is not Marvin Bagley because I'm not basing it off of what the guys after him did. You know, clearly Luke is a star, even though he keeps getting technical fouls every other game, it feels like, and on, you know, could get suspended for a game with his next tech, which would, could have an impact on the standings if he's got to miss a game and they drop from five to six or something like that. You know, you go, go having to play the Clippers in the first round, which, not sure the 
you know, Dallas would want to do again. But the worst pick by far was 2016. You know, which was a collection of picks out of the league now. But the worst one had to be the 13th overall pick, Yorgos Papayanis. Uh, how do we begin with why that pick was so bad? One, I remember that night of the draft, and I had heard from a scout I knew who told me, that guy's a second-round pick. Why are they taking him 13th? Why are they taking him 13th? Then afterwards, after the draft, I remember Vlade telling us the Duke would be an all-star. And then you watch him play and go, There's, what the hell? That's going to be the all-star? But, you know, you figure he's young, maybe he develops, so on and so forth. Maybe, you know, things will change. What makes that so bad? Man's on the team for a year. Well, one season. They pick up his option for year three. After year two. They cut this man halfway through his second season. Like, just cut him for nothing. This was after uh, one story was told to me that when they wanted to send him to the G League showcase, <laughs> they said, you know, just through the grapevine, you know, we're just friends here talking, that he tried to pretend that he was sick to, to not go to the, to the showcase. They still had to go, but imagine, you know, that guy who, like I said, got cut a, a year and a half into an NBA rookie deal who was, you know, think about a lottery pick out the league. Out the damn league, a lottery pick in less than two years. So that's why that is, from my from my point of view, the worst draft pick of Vlade's time. And I don't want to go through all the, you know, and then we could go through best trade, worst trade, oddly, and I'll, I'll throw that in. Probably oddly enough, the best trade he made would have been, you know, the last one or the second to last one, getting uh, Kent Bazemore for Trevor Ariza just because Bazemore fit in so well. Well, I guess you might want to throw in the buddy trade, uh, the DeMarcus trade, from the standpoint of it allowed the team to be so bad without DeMarcus. You, en- you ended up maybe getting more lottery balls to move up to get De'Aaron. But even then, that was counteracted by the worst trade, which was that horrible 2015 Philly trade with all the trade swaps and all that. All that, you no, know, a salary dump to go out there and sign another center, you know, Costa Kufus among other guys, and still not make the playoffs, you know. But. Hey, you know, I I didn't like the DeMarcus trade then. People will say now that the Kings won it just because, you know, DeMarcus got hurt. You know, perhaps they did. You know, either way, New Orleans and the Kings ain't very ain't in the playoffs again. So, maybe it's just a wash. So, just there's, you know, a few, you know, Looking back, you know, just how was was Vlade's time the, the the greatest in Kings history? No, but I also don't think it was the worst. I think Vlade was getting better. I think you saw with this group he was going in a direction. He had a plan, and when you sign a man to a contract extension, to me, it's clear that you at some point you believed in him. I really think Vlade is no longer the general manager because of Luka Doncic. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. It's because of Luka. There was a uh, you know and. There's no way around it. It's oddly enough. Uh, here's here's the kind of the I don't know. Maybe irony's not the word. I don't know. Think about it. Joe Dumars, who the <laughs> who Vivek, you know, and right said Joe was a great executive in Detroit. You know, 
he's you know Saber Vex listening to Joe, and Vladi is out for taking for not taking the 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 European star number two overall. It's funny Joe took the number two star European star overall Darko Milicic many many years ago. Yo, ahead of Carmelo, Anthony, Chris, Boston, Wayne, Wade, so on and so forth. And perhaps that's why people define Joe D's tenure there with also a bot second overall pick. So funny how things kind of get tied together, connected. You look at it all. You know, clearly, you know, Joe's a Hall of Fame player. Still, it was a hell of an executive. Still crazy. It took him that long to get back into the game with the league. But hey, just the funny things you see around the Kings. But, you know, hey, that's how it goes. The Kings have a very important week coming up. Oh, play the OKC Thunder again. No, Lord help us if we got to watch, you know, 48 more minutes of that. Hold on a second. Give me a little sip of my uh, water. Yeah, our eyes should not be forced to watch much more of that. But, hey, it is what it is. It's what we do. Then you also have, you know, you they go to Memphis for two games and their season, depending on what happens Spurs and the, and the um, Pelicans, could come down to what happens in Memphis. One of my favorite cities to go to. God, I miss that barbecue in Memphis. I won't be there. I'll be watching on TV like the rest of y'all, but it'll be a big week for the Kings, no matter how it goes. Um, they're at 30 wins, and oddly enough, they're, they'll, they could... Uh, no, with two more wins this week, they'll they'll have a better record than they had last season. Um, I don't know if you call that progress. I do to a degree. You know, if they end up with, I thought they could get to maybe 25, 30 wins. If they end up with 32, 33, to me, that's not a bad season for this franchise. But we'll see. Uh, once again, shout out to Vlade, one of my favorite people that I've ever dealt with. Uh, True story, the first ever NBA player autograph I got was Vlade's back in the day. I rode the uh, city bus, public transportation, RTD, back, you know, over to, uh, to a, I believe it was Ralph's, or, you know, the grocery store to get his autograph. And I still have that autograph Vlade card to this day. Yo, got it when I was about the fifth grade, I want to say. So all that means is that I'm old and Vlade is older than me. So... Okay, we're going to... That was uh, the, the Vlade Divac portion <laughs> of the Ruler of the Court podcast mixed in with some Kings of basketball. And now we get to move to the other part of the show that you all love, maybe you don't love, you know, but you may stick around for. We're going to talk about um, this week in hip-hop. And what's got me excited, I don't know about you, or got me intrigued is J. Cole's got new music. And... I like J. Cole. Am I the biggest J. Cole in the fan in the world? I would be lying to say I was. You know, I like his music, but, you know, I couldn't go to a J. Cole song show and be like, hey, I'm going to do every J. Cole, all his hits. I do every song. Cause I'd be lying. I love the warm-up mixtape back in the day. And so I want to just uh, reflect on some of the uh, J. Cole that I like. And my favorite J. Cole album... Pretty simple, it's easy. Two, two, 2014 Forest Hill Drive. That was my favorite one. And I'll touch on some other things about J. Cole I like, but that one right there was uh, 
you know, from Wet Dreams to A Tale of Two Cities, you know, No Role Models, all that. I just love that. I love it. I played that thing on repeat. Just, just, you know, you know, I just played it all the time, and because it was just, I guess I'm older than Cole, but some of the, this, the topic, you know, just kind of the, the whole idea of, you know, coming of age, growing up. All of that stuff is always, to me, something fun to listen to. And I think about no role models talking about, you know, wanting to be a better Uncle Phil. You know, just the idea that television sometimes does provide the the, the role model in how to be a father, husband, or whatever case may be to those who don't have that, you know, in-person example. And just... You know, here I'm talking, you know, that part about, you know, he was going to be a better Uncle Phil just always stood out to me. You know, I love that song. I was actually playing it the other day because I was just looking back at some of the, some of my favorite, you know, J. Cole stuff. You know, then I was listening also to uh, From Born Center of Illuminati. That, I, that to me, you know, I don't know where it ranks in my all time, like kind of just openers to an album it's one of my um <laughs> if i had a probably top 15 just openers to an album i i love that song and it also brought me back to forbidden fruit and to this day i feel like forbidden fruit robbed us because it's featuring kendrick lamar but Kendrick is not on there spitting. It's like the you no know, the hook. It's like you know, I wanted to hear J Cole and Kendrick go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. You know, and as much as I like that song, I still feel like that song owes us. I feel like J Cole and Kendrick owe us another go round. Uh, I feel like they need to come back and give the people what they want. You know. Not a joint album. I'm not, you know, putting it out there like that. But I'm just saying, when you, when I remember this is back in what 2013, when you saw that it was going to be J Cole and Kendrick on the same song, and at that point, you got to remember that's part of that era of hip hop, you know, early tens. Jesus, God, I'm old. But <laughs> you think about that era of hip hop. You're talking about who's the future of the game? J Cole, Kendrick, and Drake. That's what you're talking about. And so anytime those guys got to get on a song together, it, it was something that you definitely wanted to hear. And I just, it left me wanting more. You know, I, I wanted something close to what Kendrick did with Lil Wayne on Mona Lisa. You know, where it's like, you know, going back. and forth. That's what I was looking for. But I still enjoy the song. Still like it. I didn't stop listening to it over that. But it's, you know, it's, uh, I, I'm very curious as to what's going to be on this. And perhaps my favorite. Well probably the most recent of my favorite. Um, J. Cole. Verses or appearances. Was with 21 Savage on. A lot. You know. And if y'all remember when 21 Savage dropped that album. It was a situation where. He didn't. Uh, he didn't. Um, what's what I'm saying. Uh, I'm sorry, I got stumbled real quick, but he didn't list who was on the album. So, if I remember when that happened, it was like, oh my God, you know, Jay Cole's on there? And so he wanted you to listen 
to see just kind of a on your own what's happening. Yeah, it was, and when it dropped, it was like that verse on yeah. Just in case you don't know, that was on Twenty One Savages. I am greater than I was, you know. But that verse with J Cole's talking about you know why he yo, you know what was the line that just hit you know. Some people make millions, others make memes. And as a person who enjoys memes, that really kind of kicked me in the chest a little. Because I'm like, I should make millions instead of memes. But just that whole verse about he was batting a thousand. Remember that, you know, 2018, he was just popping up on people's, you know, features and killing it. So perhaps, you know, we'll get a J. Cole offering this week where it will be basically J. Cole... No, still batting a thousand. Some people didn't like the um, no KO, you know the KOD album, but the you know the new album, the All Season, is set to drop on May fourteenth. So by the end of the week, we should have some new J Cole. I'm looking forward to it. Let's see what happens with it. Look forward to chatting with y'all about it down the road. He's released one song off the album, you know, interlude. You know you, can, you know, you can go to your favorite streaming platforms and check that out as well. So, that's my hip-hop section for the week. That's my cue to get up out of here for, for not the week, no, the day. What am I talking about? I'm going to see y'all again later on this week. So, you guys be good out there. Again, Twitter, Mr. Underscore Jason Jones. Instagram, Mr. Jones LBC. Uh, yeah, J. Cole's going to be playing basketball in Rwanda. Interesting, interesting news that came out Monday, but let's go ahead and, you know, enjoy, you know, everything that's going on in music. Let's enjoy this last look at Kings basketball. Let's enjoy the fact that we're not talking about the lottery just yet, or at least the Kings delayed us having to look at lottery talk, <laughs> you know, a little bit longer than normal. So again, you guys be safe out there. Take it easy. I will hear, you will hear from me, should I say. Later on in the week, um, maybe by then the Kings will be eliminated. If not, it'll be a little, maybe a little more fun this episode. Okay, you be good out there. Talk to you later. I'm out.